I'd like to invite uh, Tom Hamblin to come up to the front because I know God has called you to all sorts of places. I'm so glad he's called you to St. Matthew's this morning. And I know he's called you to Borneo in the past and Middle East and you've been very faithful and have followed him all over the world. Thank you very much. Can I pray for you, you before can. you... Uh, I always need prayer. <laughs> don't we all? Father, I thank you so much for Tom. I thank you, Lord, that you have called him, that you have equipped him with your spirit. I thank you for your faithfulness uh, to Tom and Tom's calling. Lord, would you anoint him with your spirit this morning? Thank you, Lord. Would you just speak through him, Lord, to each one of us? And Lord God, would you be glorified in this place? Mm. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can I have that? Can I have that? Temporarily while I... Thank you very much. It's very kind of you to invite me. I appreciate the invitation very much. And um, I heard, of course, before that this was a risk take. You've taken a bit. However, we're going to read, of course, if you'd like to follow in your service sheet, the scripture today, which is my favorite, one of my very favorite portions of God's word, because it's through this scripture that I came out of darkness into light, into love, into liberty. It was through this very scripture passage I'd heard other scripture passages, but they didn't seem to have that impact to me. But on this particular day, God opened my blinded eyes and I saw Calvary and all that Christ had done for me. So, if you'd like to follow, I'm going to read it from my Bible. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from out of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, New creation, the old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself, Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself, Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him might become ness of God. What a portion that is from the word of God. Everything is in there, you know. Everything is in there. There's redemption in there. There's reconciliation in there. There's recreation in there. And to top it all, there's the righteousness of God 
implanted. It's extraordinary, the grace of God. And then to read God not counting our sins against him, against him. How wonderful uh, that he's saying deliverance from your sin. He's not counting the sins against us because, because of his precious blood that was shed. Jesus, the Son of God, to release everyone from this sin, the shackles of sin, the bondage of sin, the production of sin, became sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. It begins with redemption, of course. It then moves to recreation. How that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. He's totally new, inside and out. He's a new person altogether. He's cleansed within, and he's certainly outspoken without. He can't keep it to himself. He has to tell people he's been recreated, made anew. He never thought it possible as a young man myself until this came. And it was read, and I followed the words, reconciled. Oh, reconciled. Do you know there was that occasion when, and then she'd come through to peace with God again. But my father was still a very brutal man. And I said when he came down to Bournemouth chair, will you come with me into a church tonight where nobody knows me? Nobody will know you. There'll be hundreds there, but no one will know us. Would you come with me tonight? And he please go with Tom. All right, I'll come, he said. All right, I'll come with you tonight. We go early, Dad. We have to be there half an hour before it begins because all the seats will be taken. We must be early. I'll come, he said. I asked, could I be excused from the breakfast table? And they continued breakfast. I went straight into my bedroom, fell on my knees. Thank you. Thank you. This is the day of salvation. Thank you. We went, what a message my father heard that night. What a message. I can't give you that message because otherwise you'll be here this afternoon. But what a message it was. Everybody to be quiet, peaceful, because all the aisles were filled with chairs. You couldn't move. And all the balcony was packed. There were hundreds. He said, I'm not asking for anybody to raise their hand. If you know that God has spoken to you from your heart, you can speak back to him and open your heart to Jesus, your saviour. And you can know to what it is to be cleansed, to wit, every part of you clean, becoming a temple of God. Speak to him from your heart. And out of the hundreds of people, voice, that was my father. That was my father. We came out together. I said, would you like to speak to the minister or others? No. Let's go home to your mum. So we walked in Bournemouth and we kept stopping under lamplights. You're thinking we were a couple of dogs. We weren't. But we were stopping under lamplights. And he was so wicked. I've been so wicked. I've been so sinful. Dad, look at this. Look at this. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleansed bad sins. 
And we'd never walked arm in arms before, for he had never embraced me before. We were walking arm in arm. And under the next lamppost, oh, he said, but the wicked deeds, the terrible things I've done to your mother, the brutality, the cruelty. But dad, listen, look at this. Look, I will restore the years that have been lost. I will restore the years. You fought, you're restored. You're forgiven, you're cleansed. Let's go home. So we got finally there. And when we got there, my mother was in a wheelchair. She moved out of the wheelchair into a chair. Edna was sat beside her. We came into the room. And as we walked in the room, arm in arm, he looked forgiven his chin and his cheek. Oh, George, we can begin all over again. I saw that two opposites, as it were, a beastly, cruel man, a mother who'd come back to the Lord and was restored. And I saw reconciliation of a man and wife. I saw the holiness of God at work, the cleansing, the unity, the love. Tears flowed. Tears nearly cried himself. And not counting men's sins against them. You see, we have a wonderful Savior of God, Holy of God. And it was so incredible. Reconciliation took place before my very eyes. My parents moved from agony to harmony. From agony to harmony. That's our God. God. And he is the only God. There is no other God. Whatever other names are on this earth, the scripture says there is only one God and all other gods on the earth. We're so privileged to know the true creator God, the living God. We're so privileged to know the son of God, our savior. Reconciled, redeemed, reconciled recreated, made anew if anyone is in him. The old thing and all had to take me away here in Reading one night in a van with three policemen and he had to be taken to hospital. I won't go into all the sordid, sad details of everything but I just... I marvel in the grace of God. I'm not ashamed to marvel in the grace of God. Transforms us and brings us into oneness from agony to harmony and recreates us. And is that all? No. And God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. So we might become the righteousness of God in him. Made righteous. Made. And there's the word of God telling us in the Old Testament. There is none righteous. No, not one. All our self-righteousness acts. That's it. 
There's plenty of self-righteousness around, I can tell you. I trust there isn't with any of you, for self-righteousness stinks in the nostrils of God. If you're just promoting yourself and thinking of yourself, and you've done this and you've done that, and it's all self, well, let self be crucified. Oh, here says the word, righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all us. Imputed so that it's imparted. And that's not self-righteousness. It's imparted the righteousness of Christ. And I flows out. Righteousness from God comes from faith in Jesus Christ. And I must read you this. It's so important. Listen to not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. My dear friend, there may only be one here today, or two or three, and you've never really opened up your heart to Jesus Christ, your Savior. This is your day. This is your day to know forgiveness. This is your day to know this wonderful imputing of his righteousness for you to impart that righteousness. What a God we have. So we have to appropriate to operate. Appropriate that everything he has for us, everything he freely gives us, appropriate to operate. Now, some of Jesus as a historical person. He's the historical Jesus. Others in this country and elsewhere, he's the ethical Jesus. A bit further and say, he's the practical Jesus. There are those who believe, yes, he was a great man of history. He was a great person in the past. But that's all in the past. He's the historical Jesus. And those that take the ethical, oh, he was a great teacher. Oh, he was a man of principles. And he taught the Beatitudes, which are supreme and unsurpassed. And they acknowledge him as the ethical Jesus, but not practical. Oh, yes, very practical indeed. The practical Jesus, they believe that. Let me tell you this about the Lord's Prayer, which we prayed earlier. We were possibly the only Christians around. And out of all these Yemeni men dressed in their various ways, there was one in total white. And he stood in the middle. Oh, he said, the prayer of Jesus Christ, known as the Lord's Prayer, he said, there is no prayer in Islam so, so personal so meaningful as the prayer of Jesus, the Lord's Prayer. He shouted it out. Everyone heard. We absolutely agreed with him. And he said, well, he said, I've given away my Arabic Injil gospel. And he said, I haven't anything now. Have you got, you've got the new his stuff? I thought he was an imam. He could have been. Then he said, listen to me. And he stood there before everybody our Father, who art in heaven, 
concerning forgive us and giving us our daily bread. And then he finished with a triumph, for thine is the glory. He rejoiced in the power and the glory. He was also a secret believer, but not so secret. (laughs) He was standing there before us all. How wonderful. Now where do you stand in this? A personal Jesus. You must invite him, Jesus himself, into your life. You must say to him with all humility, I have shed your blood for me. I come to you today. I embrace you as my personal saviour, Lord Jesus. He will also embrace the way. And there was that one occasion in scripture when there was a great crowd around him and he was moved with compassion and he threw up his arms and he said to me that you might have life, life more abundant. I trust that today you will give thanks, Holy Spirit, and live in love, light, and liberty with him, your Savior, a personal Jesus. Thank you so much, Tom.